Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pachuto, and I'm very, very excited to have my neighbor and new friend, Mr. Ben Rizzo, on the podcast in studio with us today. Ben, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on? How about you introduce yourself to the listeners? Great. My name is Ben Rizzo. I am a contemporary fine artist. I take ideas, emotions, feelings, and thoughts and translate them into images and paintings. That's pretty cool. How'd you start getting into art? When did you start doing art? I started a long time ago. It was, it's been an like, interesting journey. So my parents are both artists. Oh, cool. Um, so I grew up in the fine art world. They own a frame store in Chatham mm. and they still run the business. It's been over 40 years. So, oh, shit. Yeah, they're killing it. Um, so I grew up in that as a kid. I would go there and my dad works seven days a week. So a lot of times that was the babysitter or that was me working <laughs> as a little kid. Yeah. And I remember my earliest memory, I was seven and my dad would set up all these boxes in the shop and I would go through the shop and, and there was art all around, but I would just kind of hide in boxes or take a hammer and, and destroy all these boxes. <laughs> I mean, I was a monster. I still am, but I'm, I'm more controlled now, but dry, would, dry January is serving you well. Dry January. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing that this month, but yeah, yeah February, I'm going to drink heavily again. Yeah, I no, appreciate I'm, that. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> As you're drinking, so we walked into like to everyone listening, and he goes, want to drink? And part of me thought, you know what? Tonight's the night. I mean, you got, what is it, 27, three yeah, days? Yeah, yeah I've, I've made it far enough. Um, but anyway, so yeah, if I remember drawing on like a support beam in a red Sharpie, and it's still there to this day, it's this lady uh, in this like stick figure and I was seven. And so fast forward, you know, through my, my teens didn't really acknowledge it. But again, I was around it all the time. I would help my dad out. Mm -hmm. And then I took AP art. And I remember the moment when I would spend like four hours drawing a still life. And my teacher was like, no, nah, that's not good. <laughs> and then I did this drawing in 10 minutes. It was me playing guitar and I had a charcoal stick and I essentially held it overhand and just did this. I'm a lefty for everyone listening. I just did this really quick gestural thing and he was blown away by it. And at that moment I realized, wait a second, 10 minutes versus four hours. Huh? And that is also a good point. Um, if you're an artist listening, this is definitely a good podcast to listen to. Thank you. Uh, cause this is my business now. This is what I do full time. Um, if you're not an artist, this is still a great podcast to listen to <laughs> because we both have lived I would say pretty full lives with adventure risk and, and we're able to support ourselves. So yeah, totally. Uh, but that was a cool moment for sure. So you were like what? 16, 17. Yeah. And just, I was floored by that. Cause I mean, you want approval at that age. You're always seeking like, mm. Oh, is this good? And, um, I, I've taught art as well. So I saw it when I was a teacher, I saw how kids grew up. And how their minds change and how, you know, their peers influence them and, and such. So then I went to go on to study art in college. And where'd you go to school? James Madison nice. University. My uh, sister-in-law went there. Jamie, right? No way. Virginia? Yeah, Dukes. Dukes. Yeah. What'd she graduate? Uh, I'm 08. She's probably like 11. Okay. 2011. So I'm, I was 2013 from JMU. Oh, shit. You're young as fuck. Yeah. I'm wow. a young one. Don't be fooled by the beard. Yeah. I thought you were like at least like 39, 40. 
<laughs> totally kidding. Bro. <laughs> oh, this you, is one of those examples where like audio me. doesn't do the, what your face just uh, did any service at all. I know it went completely blank. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm honored. I'm so honored. I do have more gray hairs than you do. No, no, no. It's all under the hat. It's yeah. Uh, I don't no. have a lot on my face, but my my hair is getting there. I that's, don't mind. I'm just gonna look distinguished. That's why you wear a hat all the time. Yeah, that and I just don't feel like doing my hair. But I'm super lazy. Um, I'm super <laughs> curious how the process of like becoming a working professional artist occurs. So you show aptitude at the skill level in high school. Yep. You're obviously in AP classes. You go to college for art. Yeah. Which to me seems, pardon my French, really fucking stupid, right? Like spend a hundred thousand dollars to do the thing that you could do without going to school for it. Yeah. No, so dumb. sorry, but yeah, stupid. <laughs> um, what does that process look like? So you go to school, you mm-hmm. major in art, you get an art degree, yeah, and then what? So I I majored in uh, art and also education. Oh, okay. Because as stupid as I am, I also am pretty pragmatic. So I was thinking, what the hell can I do with this? Art teacher. Art teacher, right? So it's never as you plan, though. Sure. And it shouldn't be. So I graduated. And I was going to be a teacher. I had some life events happen to me. I got a job working at Apple. Oh, sweet. Um, for about three years, I did that. And my journey's been maybe me trying to do different things, but the universe has always been like, you know what, Ben? Art. That's not exactly. Like, this job is not you. Mm-hmm. Let's nudge you back on on the path. And it's just listening to that voice. So uh, how I got into art is just years and years of of working other jobs. I went back to be a teacher after uh, the retail store. I tried to be an artist then, but I was too weak. I let like mentally or physically. Yeah, yeah. mentally. Yeah. No, f- yeah, no. I meant like you know physically, didn't have the stamina to do it or something. You know. No, no, definitely mentally. Yeah. Uh, emotionally, I had a few moments where people would like mock me, and it really got to me. Wow. For, you know, like it threw me off course. Now, you know, I'm a guard. I'm at my mind. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stone cold. I don't let anybody like knock me off. Not even myself. Like, yeah, that's it's, good. It's not going to happen now. Yeah. But back then, you know, yeah, five years 20s, ago. Your 20s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also when you have events, so like part-time artist and full-time teacher. So I would, I would go to these events that like, uh, that my friends would have and say, you know, Ben, come sell your art. And there's something when you put all your soul into something and your time and then some money into it and you don't sell anything. And then someone even knocked over a bottle of wine all on my prints. Oh, fuck. So it's like moments like that. You're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like you're looking up. You're like, is this really my life? Yeah. Wow. So a couple of those pitfalls definitely knocked me off and I started doubting myself. Um, so so then I moved to, to like to New York City uh, and through this whole journey of about 10 years, I always did art, you know, on the side. Mm-hmm. It was always something I did before I got paid. Right. So I think that's important, you know, for anyone who's thinking about starting something or or being an entrepreneur. Are you doing this without money involved? Yeah. Right? Because that's key because there are a lot of lonely nights, you know, tough days. My back hurts. My foot hurts. Whatever. I have a cut. I'm not going out because I can't afford dinner with friends you have no idea club nights yeah you, you have no idea you're having friends in the finance industry <laughs> and they're like hey i'm gonna venmo you for that beer that you drank and i was like dude are you serious well that's kind of nice 
the opposite would be like, oh, cool, beers are on you. And I'm like, well, I got $37. In the <laughs> this week has been a little slow. Well, that's why tr- um, I'm like dry January is so <laughs> important. Well, it's- you know, raging pandemic doesn't hurt either. Um, yeah, I'm right. super curious. So like I've only been in an art space for like, let's call it like four or five years, uh, almost two quote unquote professionally or like as my main vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm super curious how, when you take the leap from, you know, full-time teacher, part-time artist to that full-time art gig, like yeah. what is that like for you emotionally? What is that like for you anxiety wise, imposter syndrome wise, all those things? Terrifying. Yeah. So, so does the end of the story cause, um, cause it ties it together with you know everything. Uh, after being in the city and working all these jobs, I got a job that I thought I wanted as a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I actually lost my job like a month before that. I got fired. Wow. But again, the universe kind of pushed me in that direction. So all of a sudden, you know, I had this huge commission that a designer that I still work with asked me to do. It was five pieces for an office in Hudson Yards. Sweet. Which, yeah, which kept me busy for the four months during the pandemic. Um and I've, I'm, I'm still on that wave now. Again, now it's my thing. And now I'm serious about it. But at the time, yeah, I was doubting. I was terrified to watch your money go down. Just and, down. And you're selling stocks or any investments you've had. You know, you're you're literally just nervous oh, the yeah. whole time, just waiting for unemployment to kick in. Like, I was there. I would say that was rock bottom for me. I uh, never even got unemployment. I similarly lost my job during the okay. pandemic. But... Because didn't. I didn't, I never qualified, and uh, I just like, I sent one follow up letter, and I was like, "Hey, um, you know, I'm unemployed. I yeah. lost my job." They're <laughs> like, "Nah, fuck you." They're like, <laughs> they're like, sorry, John. Yeah, fuck yeah. you, John. New York State told me to go fuck myself and stayed in Jersey. So Dang. that was terrifyingly yeah wonderful. Um, but now we can look at it with zeal and laugh and totally. You know, I had a, uh, so I'm a big proponent of therapy. I think everyone should go to therapy, Mm -hmm. especially people who think like there's nothing wrong with their lives. And I was recently having a conversation with my therapist and I had gotten headhunted for this job like two weeks ago. And I was like, ah, I don't, you know, nine to five, like, I don't know. It was a incredible opportunity with a wonderful company doing something super cool. I'm not going to say who, what, when, where. We could talk about it offline. And I was like, wow, I mean, that's like such a unique, unique opportunity. I was like, I think I, I would be stupid not to go for it. Um, so I did. I went through like four rounds of interviews. And they were like, by Friday this date, like, we're going to let you know. And then like, I never heard back from them. And I was telling my therapist, I was like, for something that I didn't want to then now not have been afforded the opportunity to take that job, I was it like miffed me a little mm. bit. And he said like the most important thing that I think people don't realize is like sometimes a lot of things fall apart for like the important thing to fall together. Yeah. And he was like, you didn't get this because you're going to be doing something else in 30, 60 days that you would have then had to make a decision whether you'd have to quit this new shiny job that you didn't think you wanted that you then had. Totally. Um, So I think that was like one of the really big takeaways that I've taken recently in life. It's like things fall apart to fall together. Yeah. And you need to let go in order to get, Mm. oh yeah right and i'm glad i live in a studio apartment because i had to get rid of a lot of stuff i'll be an expensive one um obviously we're neighbors yeah. <laughs> yeah we we are neighbors we're not direct neighbors we're once removed yeah whatever that means but yeah um no yeah it's definitely expensive but yeah you gotta i mean it's it's a spiritual game 
right? I'm Business with you. is a spiritual game, and, and being an artist is even more spiritual. And and you combine the two of them, and I mean, not many succeed. My my biggest question for you, from an artistic perspective, is when you're not working on commission, right? Someone says, "I want a dog painting or X Y Z building or whatever," right? Like I tell you what I want, and I pay you handsomely to do it. Yeah. When you're strictly working for yourself. What inspires you to create on a daily, weekly basis? Hmm. That's a good question. And it's, I don't, I don't want to lose that because I need to support myself. So a lot of my business is commission based. Mm -hmm. I wish I sold more originals. Okay. Um, it's so funny when I have an original that's been over a year and someone buys it. And it's that moment where you almost get rid of it or almost take it off your website or even almost put it in the trash. Right? We should never do that. I yeah, ever. I mean, it's art, right? It's art, and it's so it's so funny the value of art if you think about it. So, in your apartment, you have a lot of cool art. Thank you. And it's subjective. Totally. What you paid for cause, or or what you wanted to pay for that cause print, someone would look at it, and if you don't know who cause is, you'd say, "What is that? Ten dollars <laughs> for you know goods? Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. what?" $5,000 for that print? What, what are you insane? Yeah. Um, Flip it for 20, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, do that. That is tough about <laughs> art. And like, that's why, so like as a photographer, I think the subjective nature of it is completely different, right? Like there's yeah. not, there's no, you can get into abstract photography. It's not my bag. Like yeah. I, I would leave abstract. It's limited. It's, it's totally limited. Yeah. Right. So because like, of the device you're right. using. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, for me, it's like, I don't often produce stuff that is like, super polarizing right right the opinion is typically whatever the subject matter is right but for you when you're working in a contemporary art field yeah it is completely subjective yeah that's gotta be terrifying <laughs> i've uh yeah i've gotten used to it yeah it, it's there's so much choice where you can definitely lock up and again you know i've been a teacher for over 10 years um so i see people go through that where i used to it like at this point i'm so locked in where i can sit in front of a canvas and just paint and just let my heart just open up to it and not even think. Mm. And I paint quick too. And I, it's so funny during Zoom, or, or sorry, during the pandemic, I would teach on Zoom and I just had the worst cadence to teaching because you can't see what you're painting. And I'm just like, hello, <laughs> uh, John, good? Yeah. You know, and you're like, yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. And then I'm just speeding through. And then when I pause, I start talking and telling jokes and cracking, right? I'm, I have a lot of energy. So I start doing that and there's music playing and my students are just like, oh, wait, Ben, 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 hold on. Can yeah. you like record these classes? Yeah, because we're a little behind. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also spitting out like nuggets of info. Like, you know, make sure you do this. Make sure you like you draw lightly with pencil and then erase it with your eraser. Oh, yeah, and then there's kneaded eraser. Then there's normal rubber eraser and then you want them... And then this, and then, oh yeah, this happened to me today. Like, I'm literally going on this monologue as people are trying to, quote unquote, you know, paint and learn. Um, I feel like we got off track to your question of uh, painting from the heart or, or painting something more original. Yeah. So, I'm at the point now where it's, I want to have a voice. And it's, right, as an artist, it's, it's what do I want to say? Yeah, I struggle with this a lot. Right. Yeah. So, and it's important to sit and just like see what comes to, to mind, right? I'm all about taking the time. If it's not the right time, I, d I don't think you should always go for it. I think there's times when you need to. Yeah. 
but it, like a great idea will never interrupt you. I agree. So you have to give yourself, as an artist, I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? As a business, it's different. You have to, totally. to work, you have to do your stuff. Totally. But as an artist, you need to immerse yourself in just life. Mm-hmm. Let life and energy take over, right? And meet cool people like you. Thank you're, you. You're dope. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that, that's a callback for call back. listeners who don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John uh, was like, hey, wait, I'm dope, right? I was like, yeah, dude, you're OG dope. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, it's funny that the intentionality between creating is... Uh, very similar amongst two different vocations of artist and photographer. Um, I was in a Twitter space earlier today, and one of the photographers that I was speaking with said he constantly carries a camera with him every minute of every day of every second because yeah. he never knows when the opportunity is going to strike. Yeah, I don't do that. Mm. I have to be... With your phone, but you don't consider that... I do. I've taken plenty of beautiful iPhone photos and it is a wonderful tool to use in the craft. Obviously not professionally, but like when the moment strikes. My my issue with carrying a camera 24-7 is it's no longer like a creation tool for me. It's like then like an anchor, right? Mm. I will feel pressure to be creative in the moment always. And I don't think that's a healthy relationship to have with like your craft. Mm. And that's why I completely agree with you. You have to like build space. Step back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And and it's interesting. I I think, I mean, what I do and what you do are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I took one class in college that was photography. I absolutely hated it. Nice. Because uh, I I've had never to taken def- a photography class in my life. Yeah, it was it was awful. Anyone thinking about developing your film, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, no, don't. I'd rather get stung by a hive of bees. <laughs> And, yeah. and l- I feel the same way cement, as yeah. a pretty prolific film photographer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hand that to the lab. <laughs> yeah, and then and then also, I mean, I'm an artist, so I pick something up. I expect it to make a mark when I want it to. Yeah, and, and photography is not that. Sure, but uh, the principles are still there, and I mean, that's the beauty of it is that we can still be like I hear you know like I hear what you're saying about giving time and what's the narrative. Mm-hmm. So so beyond just a hit song. And I, I think a lot about the arts in general. Like, I've always wanted to write a book that uh, compares all the different art forms. Mm, interesting. And the pros and the cons. And I'm talking about cooking, dancing, poetry, art, music, you know, anything, dancing, if, if I didn't say that. Uh, even stand-up comedy. And it compares, like, th- like all the stats. So, like, the career, uh, how much money you make, how many people are in it. Um and I think the comparison is like as an artist, like what we do, we can continually grow and we do better and better work. If you think about s- some artists like Picasso and Matisse, I mean, they were doing art until they died. Mm-hmm. But then you think about other professions like stand-up comedy. When you get to a certain age, like Rickard, Richard Pryor got booed off the stage when he was so old to the point where people were like literally on edge. So so there's a cool parallel between just the different art forms. Yeah. That, that is, yeah, that I I'm amazed by, and there's moments when I go, I wish I was a musician. You know, I wish people would would sing my songs and cheer. But then I say, wait a second. Sometimes I would be so sick of playing the same song. I get to make <laughs> new art every day, yeah. and once I sell it, John, it's gone. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, so, as a creative, do you ever struggle? So, like, let's take monetary aspects aside, right? Like, obviously, you want to make enough money to survive and live, et cetera. So, put that out of the picture. Do you struggle with 
like that pre-cognitive fear zone of like what happens if I blow up because I often think about this because what, what do you mean blow up blow up like fame wise oh. right like all of a sudden you wake up tomorrow and no. Ben Rizzo has 1.5 million Instagram followers no. you don't worry about that I don't even think about that that's interesting because to me I don't want to be famous like there's no part of my life that makes me seek attention and or fame I just want to be a person doing a job that he loves okay and like connecting people having conversations living a life huh. I genuinely genuinely wonder what would happen if i woke up tomorrow and i had five hundred thousand instagram followers you'd freak out i might delete my account what yeah let me take over <laughs> you know i i've had a, a, a you know as as <laughs> as art moves so heavily into the digital realm right now i'm struggling with who i am and what my art says so like i'm working on an nft project right now okay cool it is cool my tie into the nft project is going to be physical negatives tied to the digital asset that you're purchasing makes sense because to me like there's nothing greater i mean like i've got one of my photos on the ground over there there's nothing greater as a photographer than printing your work yeah there's nothing greater as an artist than having your canvas hanging on the wall yeah yeah so i struggle with the digitized aspect of art and how it's going to be consumed so for me that quote-unquote fame level that quote-unquote you know, digital space is not something that I'm like concerned with or mm. interested in. So I, I think most of us don't wake up to a million followers. Mm. I think nobody does, but I'm just using yeah, it. Yeah. Unless you're a chocolate rain guy, <laughs> right? Double rainbow guy. Yeah. Double rainbow guy. Uh, Devin Rodriguez, the TikTok. uh, a guy who draws people in the subway. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Um, but like, I mean, those are just one out of every million, b- billion, you know, even more, I would say. Yeah. But for most of us, it takes 10 years. So you think that person blows up, but they've really been hustling for 10 years. Yeah. And then now now they're on the radar so uh i i don't worry about that i would love to be famous <laughs> i kind of you know I'm, I'm being totally honest i like the attention yeah i think i impact people and i want to impact people that's the thing i like being a positive influence i always want to love my, the fucking what's 7 p.m hallway vacuuming what's going on here you live in a dump <laughs> who's vacuuming now it's very bizarre time to be vacuuming the hallway <laughs> I think I know that person anyway. She's very sweet. Yeah. Very uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the to the vacuum lady. <laughs> yeah. Let's sorry. invite her in. Let's bring <laughs> yeah, her right. in. Bring her in the pot. <laughs> if we were <laughs> drinking, I would totally go out and get her, but I'm drinking water, y'all. Yeah, that's funny. Um So yeah, so so it's so you it's you would grind. relish it. You would relish it. I would just because the impact that I've seen I ha- I have on people and and I don't take it for granted either. When you're in front of me or when you're in a class of mine or even when you're working with me, like like let's say like you want a painting, like I treat you like family and or like you're the most important thing. Totally. And that's something I learned. Um, and we need that so so much now because we're not numbers like we're treated. And, and I hate when I get service like that. Mm-hmm. I can be the biggest pain in the ass if you're not giving me like the best service. And I'm not a Karen yeah. or a Craig, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I think I just made that up. But yeah, uh, you did. But but I, I expect it because I work so hard at what I do. 
Um, and I love when you get to see people and you, and you change them on the fly. Like I, totally. I love when you have that moment in the subway and you do that nice act of, of like of service mm-hmm. where, you know, and that's what I love about not living in uh, New York city anymore. After a while, like you're just a rat and everyone treats you like a rat. Cause there's so many people and you're just a nuisance, you know, to, to people. It's like, get out of my way. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to talk to you. It's nine to five and I'm taking the subway back and we're packed into the subway cars. That was a tough life to live mm-hmm. for over a year. I'm a very sensitive person. Like it will affect me, my environment and the people I'm around as it should. I'm wondering that you've, you know, built a creative career for yourself and you, you mentioned, you know, words that affected you negatively in your twenties, like conversations, whether it was pertaining to like you as a person or you as your work. Yeah. Um, you picked probably like the least kind industry to be a profession in. Really? Yeah. I mean, art being subjective, mm. you could show me something and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, Ben, this is sick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You show it to five other people and be like, what the fuck? I don't even know what this is. Yeah. So I'm curious how you can go from taking experiences that negative him negatively impacted you mm. and then like dove head first further into something. Was it just like your desire to create? Are you saying taking that and then and then spinning that energy yeah. into something else? Yeah, like I like for me, if I had been super negatively impacted at a young age, younger age, about my work and my photography, I would have ran as far as I possibly could from it. You'd yeah. double down. Yeah. Well, like I said, I I kind of went away from it, but in my resting place, uh. After a long day of work, I I want to do art. And if I'm away from art, I start to become a lousy person. Hmm. And it really starts to affect me. It's really interesting, and I don't know what that's like anymore because I literally do this. I mean, I'm in the studio about 30 hours a week, I would say. Mm-hmm. And there's other things I do to run the business. But I'm pretty much creating every day now. Uh, and it keeps me really present and, and grounded so I can show up for the world. The I way, love that. Yeah, the way that I want to. But yeah, back in the day when I wouldn't do it for a month, I would have an off month. I wouldn't wor- like be working out. I'd have just bad thoughts. You know, it's, it's the quality of the life you want to live. But now that I'm stepping into my greatness and achieving this, I'm just in the cycle. And it's just, that's just who I am now. Yeah. I don't settle for anything less than that. And I live a pretty rigid life where I know... Uh, I remember when um, I texted you about working out on Sunday. I remember one time I was like, yo, John, if you want to join, you're like, no, it's the Lord's day. I was <laughs> As like, a joke. Respectfully, respectfully. <laughs> and I know you were joking, yeah. but it, it's one of those things. I know if I do that, right? Like like if I work out, I know I will feel better afterwards. Right, endorphins. Exactly. And yeah. it's it's just kind of running my life like a program. I, you know, I hate to say it, but yeah. if I want the results, I need to put in the necessary disciplines. Do you think, and again, this could just be like my positive mental outlook on things. Like I feel like, I love the positive. I feel like we're entering a unique season in like people's lives, like this post COVID world where people are creating more people are, um, attacking more creative pursuits in life. And I genuinely just feel like, and I don't know if I'm just surrounded by hyper-talented people or if I'm lucky enough to know a lot of incredibly talented people, but it feels as if 
the next step of everyone's like journey is starting to unfold. And I'm wondering if I'm the only one that's like noticing that it feels that way. Yeah. Maybe it's just your circle or the people, right. Your immediate, I think we're in a interesting time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know where we are and most people don't. Right. I mean, yeah. we're definitely in a winter, mm-hmm. like actually physically it's cold as hell right now. But I think, we're, I mean, I mean, season like weather. I mean, like you know, the season. No, yeah, yeah, okay. same, yeah, same, yeah, same. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, same. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm super genuinely curious like, about yeah. like the support system that you have around you because obviously you grew up with family in an in industry uh-huh. that you're now thriving in. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, what that support system looks like for you, your parents. Like, did they encourage your art? Did they encourage you to? Like, like I would imagine when you're like you know, 25 year old Ben, whatever. And you've got a very secure teaching job and you're like, Hey, I want to just do art full time. Your parents were probably supportive. So I would love to know like what that looks like from, from, from your kind of last few years. Yeah, definitely have a good support system. My parents are awesome because they support me in ways that uh, nobody can. And, and that's just more giving me the space So, for example, my studio is in the back of the frame store. Oh, cool. So, my parents are are giving me the space. Mm-hmm. Um, They're not like, Ben, this is a thousand bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah, thankfully not. Yeah. And and I could pay it if that's how it is. Like, yeah. I was in New York City. I had a studio, which was wonky, by the way. I don't want to get oh, off. Just an art studio, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, oh yeah, cool. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was a shared studio. And it's kind of a good story. I don't know. I mean, we're going to get off track here, but essentially the guy who owned the building lived there. There was no bathroom. So he had to go to his partner's house and he would always work like three hour shifts. He was doing construction on the whole building. So he, he was not an architect. He was a writer and he (laughs) stopped. This is so New York, right? This is so, yeah, this is so New York. And the story gets crazier and crazier. Uh, He hasn't written over 10 years. He has, like debt on debt and he's just taking loans out he has these two workers that are trying to like rebuild a seven-story up like apartment he would work in the basement there was about 30 turtles in tubs and bathtubs and a like pretty illegal shady stuff lower east side if anyone's listening save those turtles on the last day i almost like stole all the turtles liberated them there's three bunnies there's a cat ezra adorable but I would paint there for almost a year. I painted there, and this guy was fascinating. What Richard, did that, what did you pay? Uh for that, uh, I think it was around six hundred a month. That's insane. For like literally, if you saw the space, it was a dirty basement, and he worked there, and he had, was super passive aggressive. So if I left my stuff out, he would like kind of like look at me and then he's like his energy i felt his energy shift and drop and then he would come around and be like hey ben sorry for yelling at you i'm just having an off day and then you know i'm like yo i make a mess like like as an artist i don't sit and paint with a small brush i paint on large sheets of glass that are six feet long you know i'm cutting it off with a blade like I, i'm very active in mm-hmm. my in my process so your parents studio space yeah yeah a little bit better (laughs) sorry i just had it yeah yeah so it's it's much better um and they just give me that space uh, which is awesome and i'm super thankful that they do and i met a lot of good clients through that as well uh and i mean they've been supportive you know helping me to move and just driving into the city you know like stuff like that that i think is from the city into our building 
Yeah. Did you come straight here? Uh-huh. Yeah, I moved to Montclair from New York City in July this summer. Nice. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah. So, I, I've always loved Montclair. I grew up, you know, a town over in, in North Caldwell. And you weren't far. In, I assume you grew up in Chatham? Milburn. Milburn, okay. So, not far. There's, there's Jersey a great, Buzz? Yeah, there's a great art scene in Montclair. So, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's, I feel like it's a very natural landing spot for people fleeing New York. Yeah, it's also cool the building that we live in is new. Yeah. So it's all people that are kind of nomads. Yeah. That's how I view, I view it and I I met a lot of awesome people here. Yeah. I had a very I don't want to get off topic. Yeah. Uh, well, remind me to tell you a very funny uh, elevator interaction that I had earlier this week. Um I feel like the more that I actually think about this conversation and whatever the last 30 minutes I feel like there's so many off-topic things. That's okay. That's but normal. That's but how, we're, yeah, we're here it. talking about you, not about the hilarious absurdity. Yeah, no I one wants to listen to the elevator. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Not. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I, I've found that a lot of uh, my life has always been spent looking forward and mm-hmm. not enough time being cognizant of the present. And I think that's easier to do, do when you're 18, going to college. 22 graduating college first job the whole nine yards like you just just you know natural for you to look forward right mm-hmm. when i get this promotion i can afford this car etc yeah now that like i'm in a creative pursuit it's all about now right how many jobs can i book for next week how many projects can i work on etc it's i'm never looking out beyond a few months right do you have the same sort of mental you know vision of your career like do you stop to think out beyond a year like how's that work yeah. for like oh, yeah. yeah you do I think you have to. Interesting. I don't because, do that. Because uh, a plane, when it takes off, it, it knows where it's going to go. And that's before I take off. Mm-hmm. But once I take off, then it's about the now. Interesting. So I like to think, uh, and I'm pretty reflective as a person, you know, uh, every New Year's Eve, I always sit down and I, like, I look through my whole camera roll from the year and I journal for two hours and just kind of share all the memories and thoughts I've had. That's cool. Because I think it's important to say, oh, yeah, wait, I did all these really cool things. Mm. Like, Let's not just breeze over them. But then again, I think how I got to being an artist and how I got to being a paid artist, right, to go back to the first question, is by setting my intentions and to believing that if I say I want to land five new clients over the next quarter, like I need to have that intention and I need to set those goals because mm. – that stuff is, like actually comes true more times than not totally. when when I'm actually putting in the work and hustling and grinding my ass off and I set the goals at the same time that is the amazing power where I'm unstoppable I feel like it's it's the mixture of the two but yeah I mean you have to be present I'm I'm totally into manifesting things now right but like for me I'm not looking at like th- like I'm not putting timelines on things like three years from now I need to be directing a feature film right like right. I don't have that sort of foresight for that right, right. like so it's more you know next month like let's but say if you want to do it if you want to do the feature film it's not a bad idea and right, then but like you why work- can't I do it six months from now right so like for me Perfect. like I, yeah I mean I have long-term goals don't get me wrong like, okay. things I want to check off of like, like in my 10 years what do you career do? bucket list I mean, I want to have. I want to have my first photo book done. I want to have my in 10? first. Yeah, in ten years for sure. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it this year probably. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, but like, so all the things that like, I don't know. You know, I I, I have all those things. Gotcha, but gotcha. like, I don't need to do it in ten years. I want to do it in like the next ten months. Yeah. But like, that's just how I look at life. You know, the the yeah. last two years has only proven that there's no guarantee. Yeah. 
snow promises of tomorrow. So like I've been very intentional about my time, the things I want to build out of my career, the projects I want to work on, the clients I want to work with. And uh, yeah, for sure. I think people are pretty good at thinking in the future, but like long, long term. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to be married, have kids, get a house, have a dog, get this much money, be promoted. But in a year, I think they really sh- shortchange themselves. And in the short term, and then what happens is once you let yourself down a couple times, then you totally lose faith. Totally. And that's the hard part is like, how do I break the pattern? Um, and it's it's hard, honestly. What do you do when you fail? Now I laugh my ass off and I smile and I say, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, let me... Gi- I'm sorry. Can you yeah. give me an example? Like you're working on a piece. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a yeah. brilliant example. This was <laughs> uh, this was uh, over a year ago. I was doing a piece for someone and I never do people. Mm-hmm. I, I rarely do people. That's not my strength. Mm-hmm. Um, I could do any style you want except for realism that just doesn't bring me joy i feel like dying when i do realism i don't want to paint what you can take a photo of for example sure like like that's your lane i want you to do that i want to paint what is the unimaginable Mm -hmm. so i was doing this piece it was him and his fiance in rome uh and it was a watercolor piece and i was doing a really awesome job on it but right where her face was there was a big light and it kind of was like like interrupting the face and I was like, yo, can you send me another photo of her face? And he's like, man, that's the only photo I got. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So I, I made the mistake of saving that for the last part of the painting. Yeah. So it was 18 by 24 watercolor. It was about 40 hours of work. I was painting the Spanish steps, all this perspective. And uh, I got him down real nice. And one night I was just a little faded, big mistake. And I hit a pen ink on a wet surface and it, she turned into Bozo the Clown. Oh, no. And uh, on watercolor paper, there's no redoing it. Once the paper is like set and you try to paint over it, eventually the fibers start to like to go away and the, and the paper like th- shreds. So it was $400 worth of about 40 hours. And I was like, hey, man, I'm going to be honest with you. This is what happened. He's like, it's not acceptable. I said, all right. And that's where you swallow your pride. The artist in me want to be like, fuck you, fuck your ugly girlfriend. I don't give a shit about you, right? But that's not the right, that's not. Sure, that's wrong. That's wrong. Everybody yeah. listening, that is the wrong advice. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast. In this case, that's that true. Yeah. So I said, look, I can give you your money back or I can paint something else or I can do it again. What do you want me to do? And he said, don't worry about it. Just give me my money back. So that was a moment. That was tough, honestly. Again, like I said, it was a, a week's worth of, of work and it was a lot of money and I had to kind of to bring that back and I learned, one, don't let any sort of drugs or anything get in the way of the work because I was sure. faded that night, right? Yeah, you could have not done that. I could have, I should have not done that, right? Yeah. Right, I could have, but I did. Yeah. It's fine, right? Uh, yeah, that's brutal. There's no like... Uh, undo button. Yeah, there's no undo button. I love Photoshop, trust me. Oh, as yeah. a as an artist, I go Command Z, Command Z, Command Z, yay! <laughs> let's you know, right? Like let's roll, let's go, man. Yeah. Um. So that was probably the the biggest mistake that I actually got in the way of my business. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I think I'm more heads up, and I have a business partner. He's more of like an employee, like real part time. 
that I run things by if I'm if I'm going through some things or my parents because I see them often or I'll just really sit and just meditate on it. That's I'm a big believer in again how am I feeling and just letting it without me judging the emotion or the thought. Uh, we live in a, a society where people are are judging everything and everyone on social, on dating apps, on friends, on Reddit. Like it's all just a judgment zone. Mm-hmm. Can we all just take a step back for one second and no. just let them exist? Uh, I wish we could, but we can't. I think about it often. It's like so. It's so I'm, volatile. I'm super curious how you deal with the toxicity of social media and your artwork. Um, for a very long time, I was very cognizant of how many likes a photo got, how many followers I had, what my percent gain week over week was. I I got so nauseated into the nitty-gritty of the analytics of yeah. things that like I was no longer creating for creation stake. I was like, well, if I post this kind of photo, this is shown to do this well and blah blah blah. And like I I very only very recently gotten fuck Instagram. Right. Yeah. It's pointless. Yeah. So I'm curious how you deal with that. So so my question to you is if a print sells and another one doesn't is that the same thing as an Instagram video getting more likes and another one not? No. What's the difference? Money. <laughs> true, true. So like, there is money at stake. So yeah. like for, like when you mentioned like, you know, if you go a year without selling something, you'll like think about throwing it away. I would never do that. Not always, not always. Okay. Yeah. If it's a piece where I go, I know I learned, like I, I failed in this piece, then I'll throw it away. But if it's something that I believe in... I have pieces that I've had for over five years that I still have because I know okay. again it's I I can see it selling. So I I constantly re- just to clarify. Yeah, yeah. I constantly repost a photo, which is uh, a a photo I took on the subway of a woman, I think, uh, barefoot, uh, full body obscured behind her trash can. Uh, her. Uh, shopping cart full of life belongings it's, a, it's a homeless person. oscar the grouch what is it's, this? it's a homeless person <laughs> it's a incredibly powerful image okay it shows just a barefoot and someone's entire worldly possessions and i post that photo once a month it never gets likes mm-hmm. because like people don't want to think about that right it is i think without question the not the best photo that i've ever taken but the most meaningful, the most to powerful to me. Yeah, I love that. And maybe in general. And yeah, I I won't print it because if I don't sell it, that will bother me. Really? Because yeah. I think so highly of this image. Yeah. But on Instagram, I know that there's going to be things that I show that aren't, aren't going to be well received. I don't care so much anymore. Yeah. No, it, it's it's an ego thing, right? Like Totally. I don't... When I make our, and a lot of questions I get are like, how do you get rid of a painting or how do you let it go? Don't you feel attached? I go, no way. I want all my children to live on amazing lives, not mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. Well, if it's with me, it's a problem, right? If, yeah. if it's with me, it's a problem. Yeah. I'm not, I like, I don't have any kids. Uh, and that's not my philosophy on having actual kids. <laughs> I'm talking about my paintings, everybody, not yeah, my yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to have, 20 kids i'm kidding uh but yeah i so so the instagram thing we all get caught up in it but i identify that it's a game and it's not the real life totally uh today for example i posted a reel of me painting 
kind of like a POV where you just see the brush. And I knew it would perform poorly because the last three weeks I've been posting videos of myself, kind of modeling and other people opening artworks and more of a lifestyle. And I'm transitioning back into the production side Mm -hmm. and the algorithm hates me. Well, fuck the algorithm. Good place for TikTok though. I just joined today. I know. That's why I brought it Ben Rizzo Art. Yeah. On all platforms. TikTok is the place where... But still the algorithm, though. It is. But it's a place where, like... And now, listen. I don't know if these, like, following situations are real. And, like, everyone talks about it's, like, a Chinese company who's just inflating people's numbers and views and everything so that they stay on the platform, right? Who the fuck knows? Take that aside. I don't know. It's just what I've read. But... Instagram. Alex Jones has just entered the podcast. I'll tell you about Jones. 10G, 5G, 10G. <laughs> Cancer from the airway. Okay. Birds aren't real. What the hell is going on, first of all? I can't stand that guy. Yeah. No, he's super, super smart. Um, so I know, but he's like so committed to I'm it. I'm being facetious. He's uh, not smart at all. I mean, I think he's he has something because he's gotten this movement. Like, he's movement. a grifter. He's a grifter. But like, dude, you're... We're, we're getting off topic. I know, sorry. Fuck Alex Jones. Um, <laughs> here's my problem with Instagram and social media in general. Just for my own benefit this week, I posted a reel, which included a three-second clip of me sipping coffee and then like 15 photos that I took. Still images. Uh-huh. It got 1,150 views. I've got 1,300 followers. If I post a single image on my Instagram feed, 140 people will see it. So to me, Instagram doesn't give a fuck about yeah. images. And yeah. to me, as a photographer, it's it's not troubling, it's devastating. Because Instagram used to be the place where you would share your images. Yeah. Now I'm about 15 years too late. Yeah. I recently found Twitter to be the place where I could share my art and my photos because they're not focused on video. Yeah. At least not now. Yeah. And with these Twitter spaces where I've been having these wonderful conversations with people about NFTs and digital art and turning your photos into NFTs to really make life-changing money for you, I've found a community of people who are inspiring me to continue to create. And I don't feel that way when I go on Instagram. Yeah. uh, Just real quick callback. The birds aren't real thing is an actual movement and it's not Alex Jones. No, I know. So when I said the guy was smart, I'm not talking about Alex Jones. No, no, I know. Just want to come off as a decent human. Yeah. Uh, Birds are not real. They don't exist. They're all robots. It's a government thing. Yeah, It's it's a government thing. It's a weird movement. Just look it up, people. It's not us. It's also flat earth. No, don't say that. Uh, do you know the funniest joke I've ever heard about flat earthers? It was like, okay, so the earth is flat, but why is every other planet in the atmosphere around? Oh, I love that. Weird. It's like, okay, so you're saying the earth is flat, but like, too why? Too much logic. There's way too much logic. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, like, why is the sun a big circle? Yeah, everything else. I believe everything else is round, <laughs> just not the earth. Yeah, it's absurd. That's not a joke. That's just the truth. Yeah, it's absurd. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw something on Instagram where they're coming out with paid like as a as a followers yeah exactly no no, no. um subscribers yeah at, like as a content creator i can offer like a paid model where people can get exclusive like Act, videos yeah. and 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 it's new and that's just becoming a different thing it's entertainment now and i try to remember that yeah like, i think it's entertainment first if you want to get some serious stuff i have a website mm-hmm. um i have my personal relationships and that is the most important thing 
by far, I'm not selling a $10 hat. Mm-hmm. I'm selling a $500, a $1,000, a $2,000 piece of artwork, even $3,000, right? My, my most expensive was $3,500. I, I just need one or two people a month to sell. So I need to have an insane relationships. And n- I think I've sold one piece on Instagram when I didn't know somebody. So the power of relationships, all of my stuff is through a referral or through someone I meet, like how you and I met. You know, I've met a bunch of people and then all of a sudden they go, hey, we actually want some art or hey, my friend needs it. And it's just the power of me getting out in the world and meeting people. Um, so I don't view Instagram or any social with too much weight because I know like at the end of the day, it's entertainment. It's replacing TV or it has replaced TV. YouTube is now the new TV yeah. and, and Instagram and TikTok is now what we used to do when I used to watch, you know, cartoons. Now kids are going to Instagram. to these platforms. Yeah. So I try to have fun with it. Sometimes it hurts, but I think at the end of the day, life is just, it is what it is. Because well, yeah, once I get down on that, I have way more important things to worry about. Who artistically inspires you? Uh, so many people do. I have a huge list, but I mean, just just going off the top, I mean, Kanye is my man. Yay! Sorry to hear that. Uh, don't don't be sorry. I love that guy. <laughs> 2011 uh, does, does post Kanye. I mean, pre pre 2011 Kanye, greatest human being ever. All all 2011 Kanye get fucking bent. <laughs> all 44 years Kanye, whatever, however it is. Hard fast. Yeah. Um, we talked about this. I think when we first met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I love it. I mean, look, I get it. Yeah. I just love the artist side. Like he's grown and and developed and as an artist, no artist should stay the same if you're if you're gonna stay relevant. But yeah. um What about Kanye inspires you? I know when I say that some people go like, Oh god, he's such a like it like egomanical, you know, psychopath now and you hear what he says, but he just I like he's one that just lets the best idea win. And he's always collaborating and he's always trying to like reinvent himself. And I, I respect that as an artist. I don't always agree with what he does. Sure. I don't say I want to be like him, but I respect how he moves in, in the art field okay. and his vision. I think he, he literally there is... There are commendable things about his, his work. Just right. with fashion alone, his like his denim jacket that he just put out, just uh, like sold out online in uh, seconds. It was a $2,000 denim jacket. and it was, So like he defines how our society views i think just culture i think he's he's like he's like a michael jackson i would say of our time yeah okay um but anyway dustin yellen okay right so now let's go to artists like actual artists that are in my lane so dustin yellen he's an awesome brooklyn-based artist uh who paints on glass like a lot of panels of glass uh phenomenal stuff Lori bell sporofsky she's uh australian uh, I actually own one of her paintings. I'm a proud owner. Sweet. It's uh, like a figure portrait she does, but she does it in a really cool expressive way with colors. Like It's a mixture of a lot of styles, but I just respect her, and I, I love watching her grow. I've been following her for five or six years. Um, I, I mean, there's so many people nowadays, like Allison Zuckerman. She's crushing it. Austin Wiener. Like, these are all real artists. Like On Instagram, you can search them all up, and, and you'll find them. Mm-hmm. But... And I actually respect them and like the style. Um, 
I think there's a couple. I love comedy. I've recently been watching a lot of comedy. William Montgomery is hilarious. Mm-hmm. He uh, he inspires me just because he's quirky and funny <laughs> and just different. I just love the way he perceives the world. Um, yeah, there's just so many people. I, I can't even think of you know as many people. Yeah. Bourdain, you know. Yeah. I'm recipes. curious how... So like for that was me, random, by the way. I just looked up and there's a Bourdain print, <laughs> and I just say, you know, shout out to Bourdain. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> um, I'm curious how your mood impacts your work. So for me, from a photography perspective, if I'm having a bad week or a down week, or if I'm ever feeling low, that will come out in my artwork. It'll be black and white primarily. It'll be moody nighttime photography. It, there will be a look and a connotation. I can say with certainty how I was feeling when I created a specific image being that you work primarily on commission. Is it possible for you to like look at your work and say like elicit a memory of feeling or something from that period of time when you created something? Not really. No. Nah. And I, I don't really view myself too much as an artist anymore. I'm just, I'd say more of a business person or more of an athlete. When it's time that I step on the court or like I step on the the rink, whatever it is, it's serious. Like I'm in the ring, all my emotions, see ya. It's not about my emotions anymore. It's about the opponent that's coming right at me and we're going to fight and I'm going to win. So I try to detach myself and I prime myself in certain ways uh, by playing a certain song to get me hyped, right? Or like mm-hmm. I meditate, like I said. So um, I usually, I don't feel like I'm, doing it as a cathartic thing like i'm painting and i'm like yeah she broke up with me i don't have those moments anymore and if i do it's on a sheet of paper and i'll cry and go to bed and wake up and be all better (laughs) but uh yeah if it's for a commission no way if it's an original piece of artwork I, i still try not to let it seep into it because it's work you know i think even though we do such a personal thing mm-hmm I try to view it as work and as a business, not as this is a, a emotional space. That's fair. It's yeah. I mean, it's tough because it, it it is both ways. Because I do bring emotion into it, but in a different way. I think it doesn't come out in your work. It comes out other ways. Yeah, but that's me saying this now. Like it, it's cool to look at my older work because I do kind of get a sense of that, or I do see how I applied the paint that that year. Or how I treated the canvas. And it's cool to see it in its entirety. Like, I like to see a body of work together. Because mm-hmm. then I can start to put the uh, the dots together and say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, whatever. I wasn't really giving it my all. Or I wasn't paying attention that day. or, But I think I'm kind of past that point, which makes me a professional. I think you're a professional when your emotions of that day don't get in the way. And if I am having an off day in the studio... I'll either go for a walk or do something to get me out of it because I know that I can turn it off. Yeah, that's just not again. I'm like I'm a professional, and there's no place for me to be uh, temperamental to throw a tantrum in my canvas. No, not anymore. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I like to spend the last bit of every podcast doing sort of like a Q and A. Some are easy, some are a little bit more in depth. First couple things that come to mind just off the top of your head. What's uh, your favorite book? I'm really bad. I don't really read much. Uh, I'll be totally honest. I, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Okay, that counts. Uh, every day to work, I, I put it on. But a book, though, uh, Historical Color Guide. 
Okay. It's uh, all these different color like swatches based on eras or time periods. So it'll be like the Van Gogh page or like uh, the Egyptian page. And it's like five or six colors. Um, that make up the era. Yeah, that make up the era. It's from like 1930s something. That's cool. It's a really cool book. Um, on a more serious note, because that was like a like artsy answer, um, Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. That really got me out of a low point. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and that was just really cool to read, like, you know, 500 pages of I all the greats. Tools of Titans. Right there you go. There. Yeah. I know it's a similar book. Yeah. But uh, I listen to a lot of more kind of, like, biographies and stuff like that. I don't like fiction. I never read fiction or listen to fiction. I usually do one-off. Fiction, nonfiction, fiction, nonfiction, fiction, nonfiction. Really? Because it depends on, like, what the nonfiction subject is. But occasionally, I like to read heavy shit, and I need a palate cleanser. And there are a few authors that I read a lot of their fiction work. Um, A.G. Riddle's one of them. Okay. He's uh, he's just an incredible storyteller, and one of the few fiction writers I, I still feed, like will read anything that he puts out for sure. It's so weird. I don't know why that I just can't get into fiction. I I'm just not. Do you watch a lot of movies? Not really. That's like the, so like my the least cool thing of, about me. I was saying my follow-up question movies. of your favorite f- movie is just not going to last. No, no, it's better. I'm, I'm working on it, all yeah, right, okay. everybody? Um, I would say right now, I mean, True Romance just blew me away. Mm-hmm. That's that's my current favorite movie, True Romance. Okay. What's your favorite food? I mean, everything, but uh, Italian food. Oh, yeah, I'm Italian. I could do Rizzo. pasta. Would never have guessed that. Rizzo, pasta, pizza. What's your biggest fear? To n- not live up to my greatness. Okay. Is to that get- it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not scared of death. I'm not scared of failure. I'm scared to grow up and not live how I. To not live to what I'm capable of. Yeah, not living up to your full potential. Yeah, and and okay. to be like, you know, I could have done, I should have done this. Yeah, regret. that that is uh just. I guess I'm not really fearful of it, but I just don't. I don't want to be in that space. It's a motivator. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't want to be 40 and still be like, damn, what am I doing? You know, I'm in the same place that I was when I was 31. Yeah, which I won't be. I know that, but yeah. Um, do you believe in an afterlife? Not that like we go to a place all together and we have a big party. I believe that energetically something happens to us and in different ways people can come back. Like I think I'm on my third or fourth lifetime. Reincarnation. Some version of it, um, right? Because energy will, you know, kind of disperse amongst the earth. But yeah, I don't, I think when we die, I think we die. I think we are in a vast universe that is so great, 17 billion light years wide and growing and black holes and all these things. We are just insignificant. There's nothing special about us. I don't agree. Um, I, I just think that it's just science and... It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, I do believe in like manifesting and all these things, but I think just there are amazing things happening all around us. And if if we think we're the, like the greatest, we're just too into ourselves. I think that is an uh, interesting way to frame it because I feel the same way, yeah. which is why I believe there's something else. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's like, we're in the clouds. We're, we're, we're Jesus. And, you Grandma, know, Grandpa. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
<laughs> what it is, I have no fucking idea. But the concept that we exist because you know we, you know, matured through a primordial ooze and developed sentience is like insane to me. There's got to be something greater out there. I, yeah, I it's, agree. It's definitely interesting, especially when you look at history and everything. It's it's cool. It's it's uh wild. Yeah, for sure. Um, food afterlife. Um, what's your biggest regret? I don't really have one. I've come to peace with any of them that I w- you know had, and I don't I don't think about it anymore. That's pretty great. Um, what's the best piece of advice someone's ever given you? Uh, so two, if I can. Yeah. So one is a community is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one is that we are all snowballs and we're accumulating experience and we're growing no matter what. Even if you're doing something one year that's not what you want to be doing, you're still getting something out of it. Don't be worried. Don't have an identity crisis. Learn and grow because that is what makes you you hmm. is your experience. And Again, as an artist, that was huge for me to hear because I was like, is it bad that I'm jumping from topic to topic to subject and like everybody else is painting the same style for years? And, and my teacher goes, no, like that's your strength. Yeah. And I'm still on that wave. I still do three different styles a day. Like I don't, like, you know, my art, like mm-hmm. it's never the same thing. Yeah, There's always cool. a, a nuance to it. And I think that really is always going to stay with me. Yeah. What was the second one? Uh, community oh all right is yeah. is the most important thing yeah to be like around that. the community what is your best piece of advice for everyone hearing you on this podcast today invest in yourself it is the most important thing that you could ever invest in you're yeah. like you're the greatest asset you're you're the greatest investment of your life don't forget that people will put ten thousand dollars into a car or twenty thousand dollars but they won't put it into themselves that's a problem. I like that. Yeah, I was, uh, I don't remember where I heard this, but some guy was like in his 40s or 50s, you know, he was on a podcast or a TV show or something. He was like, you know, I spent my 20s treating my body like an amusement park. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think I have done the same thing. And yeah. he was like, you don't want to get to the point where you're 50 and you can't get out of bed in the morning because yeah. you didn't take care of yourself. Yeah. He's like, you get one body, you get one mind. And you really do have to take care of yourself. I, I agree. And I mean that more beyond just the physicalness. I mean, oh, like, no, no, I understand. Yeah, like take classes, yeah. like learn, learn skills grow. and be yeah. more valuable. Totally. And and you'll be. I think my thirst for knowledge has compounded in a way, you know, basically once I hit 30, I wanted to learn everything. When I was in high school and college, I didn't go to class. I didn't yeah. give a shit. I, I would get good grades just because I could retain knowledge. Like I didn't give a fuck about it. I didn't. I didn't, I wasn't interested in learning. I just was going through the motions to get to the next thing. And my thirst for knowledge at this point at 36 years old is unrivaled in my life. It's, it's been a real great treat and uh, something I, I love. Hell yeah. Um, last question. Give me a recommendation for something you've consumed lately. Um, could be an art show, a TV show, movie, podcast, book, just something that you've recently consumed that you want me and everyone to check out. Kill Tony. It's a live podcast. It's a stand-up show where they like call people up. They do a minute of stand-up, uh, and then Tony Hinchcliffe just roasts them. <laughs> and I've literally watched so many episodes. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can find it. It's a new show every Monday, but 
I've spent my holidays just watching so much of that show. And William Montgomery's on it. Nice. I love that show. It's so awesome. I'll yeah. check it out. Uh, ben, buddy, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks greatly for inviting appreciate, me. Greatly appreciate your time. And uh, obviously, we're friends. We're neighbors. But uh, thank you so much for your time today. I love it. Thanks again. No problem, buddy. See ya. Take care.